everyone. You're listening to The Katie Halper Show, and I'm your host, Katie Halper. If you like the show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. And as always, remind you that this show could not happen without the support of our listeners. To support the show, visit patreon.com slash the Katie Halper Show, where for just $1 a month, you can help make the show happen. And for $5 a month, you'll qualify for great bonus content, including an alternative podcast feed and rarely seen clips that aired on our live shows. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to The Katie Halper Show. We love to see you. We are so grateful to everyone who joins the show. Also want to give a special shout out to people who have become Patreon supporters. We are so close to a thousand Patreon supporters. In fact, let me just go put the patreon.com slash the Katie Halper Show in my name, patreon.com slash the Katie Halper Show. Okay. Now, I want to thank some recent Patreon supporters because we're so close. I think we're at 997. What I would love to get is by the end of this show, if we have a thousand Patreon supporters, I'll be so happy. And again, no one gets rich off of this. We pay for editing, for production costs, to give you a show that's free. Because again, this show, we give you weekly content that's free in audio and video. And then we give you exclusive content that's paywalled. But it's a show that everyone can listen to. And of course, if you can be Patreon supporters, you get even more show. Something I'm very proud of, that we offer this show for free for everyone. And we offer kind of like an extra show that people can pay some money towards. So right now, I'm being a responsible citizen. I'm closing my other applications, which Brad reminded me to do. So hi, Brad. Hi, Tyler. And everyone, just so you know, this is the Katie Halper Show, which we do live Sundays and Tuesdays right here from YouTube. And you can support the show on YouTube. You can become members. And if you become members, you get like Bodhi emojis and you get badges. And if you are a Patreon supporter, you get extended interviews and extra interviews. And you can also please subscribe. Just hit subscribe. Do yourself that favor and hit subscribe hit subscribe and then the bell so that you get notified when my shows come on. Although that doesn't always work, which is annoying and scary. And I don't know what's behind that. Make sure that you like, oh yes, please like the stream. Like whenever you're watching a show, just hit the thumbs up. It's so easy. This is just a good way to do the right thing. Now, as I promised, I was going to read some Patreon supporters. So let's go. Let's read some recent Patreon supporters. Thank you so much to Mordechai. Great name. Benjamin, Hannah, Marvin, Simone, Laura, Michelle, Conrad, Sarah with an A and no H at the end, Mary, Robert, Eva with an E, Ahmed, Michael, Robert, Patrick, Bags, Anyone, Strings, Eric, Rebecca, Clopsy, Eugene, Lauren, Matt, Carol. Thank you guys so much. Thank you so much for helping make the show possible. Everyone who's a Patreon supporter makes the show possible. If you give at $5, you get extra amazing content. But even if you just give at $1, you help make the show possible. Mason, Rahima, Jesse, Nawal, Eugene, Timothy, Tibor, Catherine, Helen. So keep doing it. Keep making the show happen. We really appreciate it. And let's see. And everyone, let's see. Support the show to resist corporate information trying to pass as news. Katie Halper is a gift. Thank you so much, Reverend. Thank you. I'll give you an amen for that one. So here's the deal. As people know, I responded, Daniel Bessner and I 
maybe you don't know this, but we pre-taped, we responded to Whoopi Goldberg's statements and we're going to, I'm going to play those for you. Then we're going to have a guest. I don't even want to tell you who the guest is, but I'm going to tell you who the guest is because you're going to get excited. Added to the stream is none other than Brianna Joy Gray. I mean, how exciting is that? Really exciting. So Brianna Joy Gray is going to be joining us in the later half of the show. But right now, here's the deal. Whoopi Goldberg said some stuff the other day on The View and she got into trouble. The Anti-Defamation League is mad at her. Megan McCain is mad at her. Some people who aren't assholes are also mad at her because what she said was, I think, a little insensitive and problematic. So I watched what she said with Daniel Bessner. Daniel Bessner is an historian, and he is an intellectual historian, which makes it a great fit, a particularly good fit. He is the host of the American Prestige podcast, and he's also professor at the University of Washington, at the University of Washington, yeah. He's Hanauer Honors Associate Professor of History at the University of Washington. So without any further ado, let's watch this. This is Meta. So excited to be uh, bringing Daniel Bessner back onto the show. He is a, I'm going to call him for this uh, appearance, a jew historian. I, I, I am a historian who has studied uh, the Jews extensively. Yes, yes, ma'am. <laughs> and you happen to be, not that it matters, or maybe it does, but you happen to be... I would, a, a Jew yourself. Yes, yes. What gives it away? <laughs> I don't know. That, that Jewish je ne sais quoi. That Jew no sais quoi. Well, That's good. I like that. Thank you. So we're going to talk about an appearance that a whole, uh, you know, some Michigas, if you will. I'll, I'll, I'll tone it down a little bit. But there definitely was Michigas. <laughs> definitely Michigas. With Whoopi Goldberg. Not Jewish, by the way. Goldberg is not her real last name. No. But we're going to be talking about uh, a recent controversy that was ignited when Whoopi Goldberg made some comments about uh, Jews and the Holocaust. So let's play the uh, the initial uh, clip of what happened with uh, Whoopi Goldberg on her show, The View, which she's on and she also produces. And a Tennessee school pulled the graphic novel Mouse out of their lessons on the Holocaust because it contained some nudity and some bad language. Personally, I'm shocked because, you know, given the story of Mouse, I'm, I'm surprised that that's what, that's what made you uncomfortable, the fact that there was some nudity. And uh, I mean, it's, it's about the Holocaust, the killing of six million people, but that didn't, that didn't bother you. But the, the naked I'm not sure thing. that they don't use the naked part as a kind of a uh, canard yes. to throw you off from, from the fact that they don't Maybe. like history that makes white Maybe. people look bad. Mm -hmm. And Joy Behar, by the way, not Jewish. Major, no. major Jew, Jew cultural appropriation. Jew, almost honorary, almost honorary. And she, she is of Italian descent, she right? She is of Italian descent, and that raises... So she's New York. She's New York. She's New York. She's, I yeah. think of, of Italians as kind of butch Jews or Jews as kind <laughs> of intellectual Italians. Sorry, I'm going to get canceled on both ends for that. Uh, well, she, she definitely has a New York aesthetic, which she I think can, can, cross, can cross ethnic groups. <laughs> uh, and she does like Jewish men, I think. I think her husband is... Bayer. She, I think she had a crush on Bernie, not that she was supportive of him politically, but I think she said she had a crush on him. Anyway. Is, well, well Bahar sounds Israeli. Almost. Oh my gosh, is she married to Israeli? Could it be? Yeah, I, I have no idea. We'll but Bahar Joy, let us Israeli, know. Yeah. Let us know. It sounds Beshert that you were, was it Beshert that you married him? This is white people doing it to white people. Yeah. So, and this yeah. is, you know, y'all go fight amongst yourselves, but don't, you know. Well, and look at what. 
as a kind of a, a canard so yes. to throw you off from, from the agree. fact that they Maybe. don't like history that makes white Maybe. people look bad. Mm -hmm. Well, white, this is why people doing it to white people. Yeah. So, and this yeah. is, you know, y'all go fight amongst yourselves, but don't, <laughs> you know. So that's like the first hint that she's, how, about how she's framing this issue as the Holocaust and anti-Semitism as kind of white on white. Uh, we'll, we'll keep playing it, right? We should keep playing it because there, there's a lot to get into, but that's just, that's the first. Yeah. Thing. So I, I think what we see throughout this video is the application of an American idiom of race and the history of racism onto the Holocaust, which was really a European event. Right. And that's something we could talk about more and more, but you know, the term race means different things in different contexts. And I right. think a lot of what, what Whoopi does and from what I, I've seen this video and, and the other one, that's a lot of what we're exploring here. Right. Right. That's good. Yeah. So the difference between the kind of European idiom or language around this and the American what kids right. watch these days and the music they listen to to say that when proving or, or showing them a work of history or art or something that happened uh, is bad language or nudity, turn off reality TV, turn off the radio, turn off everything they're doing because kids are exposed to this stuff yeah. really early in inappropriate situations, not ones where you're learning or teaching. Yeah, and the nudity is, the, his, is a drawing of his mom who died during the Holocaust? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it, and Mouse, which but, is the other thing. It's just insane. But I don't know what. And Mouse is a graphic novel about a graphic autobiography by Art Spiegelman. Well, it's about his father, whose name I believe was uh, Vladek Spiegelman, who met his, who who was who um, Art Spiegelman's parents. Uh, met before the Holocaust, um, but, and they both actually survived the Holocaust, if I recall correctly, and, and experienced Auschwitz. And Spiegelman's mother later committed suicide. So the book is really uh, a meditation on both the literal Holocaust and the American Jewish experience uh, as it emerged in a post-Holocaust world. Um, and that that really is what the book is about. It's so on one hand a memoir of the Holocaust. Spiegelman is telling his father's story, but he's also telling his own story, and how the first post-Holocaust generation of American Jews relate to that event. Right, the children of survivors, especially. There's an entire bill moving through the Florida legislature yes, right is. now mm -hmm. about banning any conversation in schools that make people feel uncomfortable because yeah. of their race right. or gender. And there's also in Florida a bill banning talking about lgbtq conversations it's being referred to as don't say gay so i don't know what's happening with all of this banning going mm -hmm. on you know we talked about you beloved know. being banned mouse to kill a mockingbird <laughs> conversations i think it's making it very difficult to teach kids well, and all these people who, who talk about and complain about people being snowflakes how do you not raise snowflakes the, if you don't expose the plan, them to yeah. right this was yeah. the plan with these yeah. anti-history laws that started being passed these crt alleged CRT laws that started being passed. I don't think people saw far enough into the future. You start banning discussions about race, then you start banning discussions about the Holocaust, then you start banning uh, discussions about the LGBTQ community. That's where it started, and this was all very planned, and, and in my view. And what bothers me the most is people saying, I don't want my children to be uncomfortable. 
Go ahead. Well, I was going to say that colleges, this all started in colleges and universities and not wanting to make kids uncomfortable. And we talked about it once here on the show with actually Van Jones when he said, if I send my kids to school, I want them to be uncomfortable. I want people to push back on their beliefs because otherwise we're not preparing kids to go out into the real world. We're preparing them for a world that doesn't exist outside of their own. Can I just, Katie, well, can I just pause on that for a second? This. So, so I just want to address myself to that issue um because she is she a conservative i don't i'm not yes. familiar with so she's yeah. the conservative she that argument to me is very silly um because what has actually happened is that universities have become spaces that rely on tuition dollars and like the rest of the country when you pay for something you expect a service so it's always compelling to me that people who argue for the defunding of public education or, or free market politics which have helped result in universities costing an incredible amount and students going into debt make arguments about as universities are these places where students are, are supposed to be made to feel comfortable when universities just don't function that way any longer you know that that ideal of the university is Athens. It's just no longer accurate. Right. They're businesses. They're they're very corporatized, and students are customers. Um, basically, due to the politics and policies of this uh, of of someone who I presume and correct me if I'm wrong is a free marketeer and who's very much about you know pulling yourself up by your bootstraps to, to right. borrow the famous phrase. Yet at this time, <laughs> lamenting that universities aren't spaces for free exchange when it's the, her, the very politics that caused that. It's just a right. bitter irony and kind of makes me turn off when I hear these sorts of yeah, conversations. Yeah, this otherwise very intellectually serious person. Yeah, sadly, yeah. Okay, so. Well, also, if you're yeah. going to do this, then let's be truthful about it because the Holocaust isn't about race. No. No, it's well, not about maybe race. Maybe ethnicity. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> I like how everyone race, took a pause on that one. Well, <laughs> it's not about race. Well, yeah, because you can tell it's the about temperature man's that inhumanity to man. That's what it's about. But it's about white supremacy. It's well, about but it's not, it's not about ideal race. It's it's but these are two. You know what? Shout out to Anna Navarro, the Contra defender that she is and daughter of a Contra that she is, for actually acknowledging that it went that the Holocaust went after people we now call the Roma. Because a lot of yeah. people don't acknowledge that it was just that it was more than Jews. I mean, Jews were like the star of the Holocaust, if you will. But the. Uh, because that yeah. was like the priority in terms of who should be wiped out. But there were many other groups that were allegedly impure and a threat to the Aryan race. Yes, Slavs, Roma, uh, homosexuals. And this is actually a, has, has been a long discussion in Holocaust studies. Yes. It's sort of uh, to what degree does one privilege the Jews within the right. Holocaust and to what degree it does not privilege, privileging the Jews actually distract from, you know, the, the, the primacy of, of the Jews to the right. uh, Nazi imagination. It's a very complex debate. It is. But then there's you know, also a lot of useful like internationalism and solidarity that come can come from uh, – from universality, universalism, I should say, universalism, not internationalism per se, universalism, because uh, it's a reminder that, you know, part of the Nazi project was the, um, the, the Nazis were interdisciplinary. They were <laughs> multicultural in their, in their aims. It, it was the purification of Europe right. defined in, in a sort of complex way with the Jews identified as the major enemy, but with other ethnic groups and uh, other, um, I don't want to use the word race cause that's what we're going into, but yeah, right. other racial groups and other ethnic groups, um, also forming a part of sort of the, the purification program that the Nazis wanted to accomplish. Right. right. It was hilarious when, by the way, Donald Trump, um, the, his administration on Holocaust Remembrance Day, like they didn't mention Nazis and they tried <laughs> really? or Jews. And then they try and because it was like just the worst of all worlds, like, you know, basically um, 
not wanting to alienate anti-Semites, but also being totally, you know, terrible on Israel. And when I say terrible on Israel, I mean totally hawkish, Zionist, anti-Palestinian. Um, and they actually defended it in some funny way that like I, they, they sounded like I talk, sound like when I talk about the Holocaust, when I say it's not just Jews, like they were trying to downplay, but of course it's very Jewish specific. It just wasn't only Jews, but it was and hilarious of course, to hear them talk about it in that way. And, and Jared's grandparents yeah. were Holocaust survivors. Right, I believe. right. Yeah. Roma. White groups of people. Well, How do we have to black people? But see them as white people. And they, but you're missing the point. You're yeah. missing the point. Yeah. The minute you turn it into race, it goes down this alley. Let's talk about it for what it is. It's how people treat each other. It's a problem. It doesn't matter. I mean, if that's true, but that the same thing, same then can be said about slavery. Yeah, she's just basically uh, applying the American idiom where where. This because this is interesting because it gets into questions uh, of to what degree are Jews white. So right. before we even get into that question, we have to acknowledge that not all Jews are uh, of right. European descent. There's Mizrahim. There's uh, Jews of uh, sorry Central European descent, Ashkenazi Jews. There's Jews of Sephardic uh, um, uh, descent. There's Jews of Ethiopian descent, and and there's other populations around the world. Apologies if I didn't mention every single one. But in the United States, and there are Ashkenazi Jews of color. And oh yeah, and they're Jews of color as well, which yeah. I was I'm just talking about the huge national origins. And then there's yeah. intermixing with all of right. those groups with various other groups. There's Jews of colors, there's Jews of uh, African American descent right. and uh, Latinx descent and, and what right. have you. Um so so first of all, not all Jews are white, but but I think in the in the American imagination, yes. I'm not actually precisely aware of the numbers uh, of Jews who identify as white Ashkenazim. Um the, the question is to what degree are Jews white? And the way that I I, there's a lot of different discussions. Some people will argue today that Jews aren't white. Some people will argue that they are. To me, I take a historical position. I think earlier in American history, it's accurate to, dis, to, to not describe Jews as white. But I think um, increasingly uh, after World War II, Jews have entered you know mainstream quote-unquote whiteness, along with other ethnic groups that previously weren't considered white. So it's an evolving category. So I think what Whoopi is here doing is she's using the idiom of 2022, where many people uh, understand, so I would say, probably the majority position uh, that Jews are white in that, you know, they, they are mostly moved through the world as people who um, uh, the structures of whiteness influence their lives in a particular way. She's just doing that. Now, the problem is when you're talking about the Jews that Hitler murdered and annihilated in the Holocaust, um, I don't think you could say uh, that that they, they were white in the way that she means it also, whiteness means a different thing in, in pre World War II European, uh, the pre World War II European context than it does in the American context. Um, but also, like the valence of what she's saying isn't quite right. The Jews weren't quite of the majoritarian population, and they were annihilated for being identified as a distinct racial minority. Right. So this is the problem. It's, there's there's two different languages. There's two different discourses fighting. And, and Whoopi, who, who is not a historian of, of Europe, um, isn't aware of this sort of other idiom. But I don't, it doesn't sound like she means it in like a vicious anti-Semitic no, way. No, she doesn't, no. Yeah. Although the thing earlier was like you, two white people, like white people, you fight it, y'all fight it among yourselves. That was a little bit. I don't remember that. What? It, that. What? Oh, right, because she's saying right, because that denies the history. I mean, yeah. this is white people doing it to white people. Yeah. So and this yeah. is y'all. Y'all go fight amongst yourselves, but don't, you know. Well, and look at what. 
as a kind of a uh, canard yes. to throw you off from, from the I fact agree. that they Maybe. don't like history that makes white Maybe. people look bad. Mm -hmm. Well, white, this is why people doing it to white people. Yeah. So this yeah. is, you know, y'all go fight amongst yourselves, but don't, you know. The kind of like y'all fight it out. That, that is, what what's interesting is we'll talk about this shortly. It's not about what race. What is it about? Right. She, her, for her, race is black and white. That's how, yes. that's what she's because that's the, because the, she, that's the United America, States of 2022. Right. right. Yes. You know, it's about, it was the United States of 1920, but it is the right. United States of Man's 2022. Man's inhumanity to man. That's what it's about. But it's about white supremacy. It's well, about but it's not, it's not about and, ideal and race. It's it's that, but these are two Romans. white groups of people. Well, How do we have to black people? They see them as white people. But you're missing the point. You're missing the point. The minute you turn it into race, it goes down this alley. Let's talk about it for what it is. It's how people treat each other. It's a problem. And, and Katie, it could you pause for a second? Yeah, this course. is also a big thing in Holocaust memory, right? The question is, to what degree do you want to make the Holocaust exceptional? And to what degree do you want to universalize it as a human experience? And I think that the figure right. of Anne Frank is very interesting here. Because um, there was criticism, I believe, if I'm recalling correctly, of the Anne Frank Museum in Amsterdam is about essentially departicularizing Anne herself by making it like a story of human resilience and, and the human overcoming, where Critics of that were essentially like by departicularizing Anne, you're actually dehistoricizing what was happening. She was killed because she was a Jew. She was hiding right. because she was a Jew. So there and 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 there are you know very sophisticated discussions around this. And so what Whoopi which is we I think will not doing find on the view, yeah. <laughs> which you which you won't find on the view. But Whoopi is essentially partaking in that universalizing discourse, right? Which is very popular in the 80s and the 90s, um, as Holocaust memory becomes a much more popular thing, and particularly in the 1990s, the Holocaust is like this exception event that the American empire will no longer allow to happen, right? She's articulating a sort of this discourse of the 1990s uh, unconsciously. Right. Um, it is universalizing, but I also think it's, um, yeah, it is universalizing. It's a little presentist. And it oh, also, sure. I don't think it takes into account the racialized nature of anti-Semitism. But that's no, like, it's not yeah. historically accurate. If you yeah. were studying this in 1935, of course, the Nuremberg laws were passed because the Jews were considered a particular right. race. Right. She, this is really the realm of Holocaust memory, though, right. which is what Spiegel, uh, which, which which Mouse is. It's a, it's a it's a disquisition on Holocaust memory. Yes. Disquisition, exactly the word. <laughs> black or white? Because black, white, Jews, uh, it's how everybody eats each other. So is it, okay, that's good. if you're that's uncomfortable, if you hear about mouse, should you be worried? Should, should your child say, oh my God, I, I wonder if that's me? No, that's not what they're going to say. They're going to say, I don't want to be Are they playing like her off? Is that what that yeah, is? Yeah, they are, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, well, yeah, most kids, most kids they, they don't want to be cruel. No, they don't. And, and we're, living in a, you know, we're living in an era where people are, are comparing vaccine cards to the yellow stars, yeah. where people are comparing right. mm -hmm. vaccinations to what Anne Frank yeah. went through. Yeah. So it is necessary for kids to learn about they the Holocaust. Learn about, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I was about man's what? inhumanity to man, however it exposes itself. I have to cut you off. I just want well, to not say just that universalizing, but very much saying it's... Top 20 of Amazon's rules last week. Saying that it's not a race issue, right? She's not just universalizing it. She's saying this is not a racism right. issue. Right. She's, she's making... She's basically the way that I read this is that the real motivation for Whoopi is the universalizing it. And then the second step is to universalize it 
for some reason means to make it not about race because she's applying this American right. idiom yes. in this particular context. Well, I but think she's also trying to elevate the black, white on black racism or kind of do almost like exceptionalize that as a as something that's separate. And that's fine. It is different. But I think what my sense is that she really is invested in that being a separate and different thing from the kind of bigotry or hatred that was behind well, the Holocaust. Because in some sense, I think it's, it's interesting because on one level, she's making the universalizing move of the Holocaust. And then on the other level, like you're suggesting, she's particularizing the racial hatreds of the United States, right. which, you know, makes sense for a, a black woman who grew up in a particular time in a particular place, right. you know? So this yeah. is very, it does not seem vicious to me no, is what I'm saying. I don't vicious, think Whoopi no. Goldberg is being anti-Semitic. No, um, but she was, she was, she was, uh, slammed as, as such and you know yes. everyone from the ADL to the ADL been, yeah I know the ADL which is I mean I if all, I, I think I've been smeared I hope I've been smeared by them may they from from my lips to God's ears may they smear me they've definitely gone after Matt Taibbi the ADL we've talked about this before on on the show with Ali Abunima they're not an anti anti-semitism group they are an Israel lobby group basically that equates all criticism of Israel with anti-semitism and the the thing that I think is important for for young Jews like us is to make clear that that organization doesn't speak for us, right. you know. And that's that's yeah. a move that they often try to make, um, which is that they speak for all of American Jewry. And and there's I, I think an interesting generational divide in the Jewish community right now that that we could go into if you want, but is yeah. is very important. Well, let's let's play what then then that was just one part of it. Then Whoopi went on, um, the on Colbert and offered this kind of apology, not apology. Okay, and that was our that was uh, the first part of the video that Daniel and I looked at. The rest of that discussion is on guess where, guys? It's on Patreon. It's on patreon.com slash the Katie Halbert Show. And that's where we look at the actual thing that she said on the Colbert Report. But that's our discussion of what of her initial comments that were made. And then in the Patreon only part, we do indeed go over her apology, her kind of like non-apology to Jews that she issued on the Colbert Report. But honestly, first of all, if you're just joining us, thank you so much for watching. Please like the stream. Just do a thumbs up. It takes no effort and you're helping the stream and you're helping the show. And we have someone who we're going to talk to more about this with. And in fact, I think we're going to look at a Whoopi Goldberg tweet. That'll be an interesting thing to look at. But we're bringing on to the stream. You know her. You love her. She's the best. She's from the Bad Faith Podcast, former press secretary for Bernard Sanders, the inimitable Brianna Joy Gray. Hi, Brie. How are you? Hi, Katie. I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Thanks for coming. It's my pleasure, truly. Yay. Well, we love having you here. I just wanted to, you know, get into, we could talk about whatever you want to talk about. We can talk about the politics of the day, what you're thinking about, what makes you tick, but we can also talk a little bit more about this Whoopi story. I think that we can just take a look at her apology that she addressed her statements in a tweet. By the way, it's nice to have friends in high places. As Daniel and I discussed, she obviously was able to get a spot on the Colbert Report like the same day that this happened, which is I great. I didn't realize that. I'm very curious to see what she said there. Yeah. Well, we can watch it. I can show it to you if you want. We could do that. I'd love to see it. All right. You'd love to see it. we got to show it to you. All right. Let's do it. My first guest tonight is the Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony Award winner you know as moderator of The View, she has just executive produced a new Lifetime movie called Caught in His Web. Please welcome back to The Late Show, our friend and yours, Ms. Whoopi Goldberg. 
Looks like she's running for Supreme. She looks like a Supreme Court justice, by the way. You know what? That's kind of a robe. It, it is. I got to say, I really appreciate a, so a couple of things about Whoopi. I yes. got to say, before we she's get into it. all of our yes. myriad criticism, Whoopi, I just got to put out there that she is the star of my favorite all-time movie. A great testament of the what comes from the, the power of uniting Black and Jewish friendships together. Sister act. <laughs> no. <laughs> the color purple. As right. Steven Spielberg. Spielberg. Right, it's true. Quincy Jones. Whoopi Goldberg. Symbiotic cultural products. It's true. And additionally, I will say, I got to respect a woman who just creates her entirely distinct own sense of style that bulks all cultural expectations yes. of how women have to present themselves in the public and does her own thing. I mean, like, it takes chutzpah, Katie. It does. It does take chutzpah, yes. <laughs> Good to see you again. And Good to see you, you again. And you. Now, you made some news this morning. Yes. On The yes, View. I did. When y'all were talking about the Holocaust. Yeah. And what, what, would you care to uh, follow up? Clarify what you said this morning? I don't know. Because it confused some people. It it upset a lot of people, which was never, ever, ever, ever my intention. I thought we were having a discussion. uh, Because I feel, being black, when we talk about race, it's a very different thing to me. Mm -hmm. So I said that I, I felt that the Holocaust wasn't about race. And people got very, very, very angry and still are angry. I mean, I'm getting, you know, all of the, the mail from folks and mm-hmm. the very real anger because people feel very differently. But I thought it was a, a salient discussion because as a black person, I think of race as being something that I can see. So I see you and I know what race you are. And... The discussion was about how I felt about that. I felt that that it was really more about man's inhumanity to man and how horrible people can be to people. And we're seeing it manifest itself these days. But people were very angry and they said, no, no, we are a race. And I, I, I understand, I understand. I, I felt differently. I respect everything everyone is saying to me and I, I you know, I don't want to fake apologize. You know, I, I was, I'm very upset about, that people are misunderstood what I was saying. And so because of it, uh, they're saying that I'm anti-Semitic and that uh, I'm denying the Holocaust and all these other things, which, you know, would never occur to me to do. I th- all right, just got to pause it there because of fair use. So we don't get kicked off the stream, but you take a while. I'm going to, I'll just process that. I don't want to get in the way, you know, it's going to sound passive aggressive, but I don't mean it passive aggressively. I literally don't want to get in the way of your enjoying a bite. I don't know how to, no, don't apologize. I just, it's it's one of those things where you really can't say in a way, like I have to do like hashtag sincere voice. I didn't hear it as passive aggressive. Okay, It's on me thinking I could grab a bite of my quinoa bowl. You should. I'm happy. This is a quinoa friendly place. And we, we really take, you know, we value nutrition and quinoa. Wait, is quinoa the problematic thing? Uh Oh, that comes no from like Peru in some way. I don't know where they grow quinoa. Well, don't, it's if, honestly, that's on the quinoa anti quinoa movement. That's on them. Just like you're taking responsibility. They need to raise a ruckus because I barely can keep up with it. So we got to find out. All I know is that I recently found out that I can make quinoa in my rice cooker and all bets are off. 
all bets are off. Yeah, it's a game changer. Brief for Supreme Court, by the way, someone said. I oh, I think Bree said that too. So I saw uh, what was it? Was it Ben Shapiro? Somebody who tweeted oh, that it should yes. be Candace Owens, and I was thinking, no, it should be the Candace Owens of the left. Yes, definitely. I mean, they got it. I think even Ben Shapiro would admit that that would make more sense, right? <laughs> he knows that Biden's not going to go with Candace Owens. So I can think of few things I'd like to do less than return to any form of legal work, no matter how how highly esteemed or powerful. Does this whole thing with Whoopi Goldberg boil down to her not understand, you know, having a kind of a narrow understanding of race that excludes Jewish people or any group that is now considered to be white in a contemporary context? I think you basically nailed it on the head. I think that's it. Yes, I do. I think that's what it is. What's interesting is she wrote this tweet before going on, I believe before going on the Colbert Report, she said, on today's show, I said the Holocaust, quote, is not about race, but about man's inhumanity to man, end quote. I should have said it is about both. As Jonathan Greenblatt from the Anti-Defamation League shared, quote, the Holocaust was about the Nazi systematic annihilation of the Jewish people who they deemed to be an inferior race, end quote. I stand corrected. The Jewish people around the world have always had my support and that will never waver. I'm sorry for the hurt I have caused. Written with my sincerest apologies, Whoopi Goldberg. But the thing is, like, what she's saying there is that she stands corrected because Jewish people were deemed, here, let me screen share this, were deemed to be another race, which is, I mean, any, everyone knows that, right? I, I don't think that that's up for interpretation. I don't, I think you might be overly optimistic when you say everybody knows that. Okay, right. Well, didn't the Nazis, okay, so here, here's the quote, ready? On today's show, I said the Holocaust is not about race, but about man's inhumanity to man. I should have said it is about both. As Jonathan Greenblatt from the ADL shared, the Holocaust was about the Nazi systematic annihilation of the Jewish people who they deem to be an inferior race, I stand corrected, the Jewish people, okay. But this is the part that, what do, do people think that they just didn't like Jews because they like, I mean, I'm not even being sarcastic. Is the idea that they didn't consider Jews an inferior race, that they just didn't like them? I think that she probably thought it was religion. Okay. Like, you right. can, That's, you, yes. you know, Catholics or whatever, who are fully, you know, white. <laughs> right. You know, I think that, I mean, it would be more clear if she had That's, thrown religion in there. It's weird that this whole conversation managed to be had without anybody even saying, you know, instead of man's inhumanity against man, you right. know, Christian. Well, that's right. That's yes. or something like that. And it's a little weird that that didn't come up at all. But I, I kind of maybe too charitably presume that that's what she meant and that she just understood Jews, you know, specifically as a religious right. and not yes. a race identity. That's okay. Right. So there's that now. But what's interesting is that like. I always push back on that because I'm someone who identifies as Jewish, but I'm not religious. So I push back on that definition. But I always thought that people got that for the Nazis, that they grouped Jews as a different race. Yeah. I I, I don't know. Vermin. Maybe this didn't come up um, right, when she was she hanging did. out with uh, Mel Gibson. <laughs> oh, yeah. To be fair, she did. Yes. She's a Mel Gibson. Wait, how come this didn't come up? She not she's a big Mel Gibson defender. I forgot about that part. She has Mel Gibson blood on her hands. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> this is, you know, look, Bree, you really you are connecting the dots. Wow. Here's the thing. I I have followed every single one of of Whoopi Goldberg's missteps cuz I am a fan. <laughs> yeah. She was great in Ghost also. It me deeply every time there's a moment like this. <laughs> because if I haven't been clear enough about it, the color purple 
from the fall of 1985 is the best film, in my humble opinion, that has ever been made. <laughs> you know, I'm going to tell you a secret. What? I've never seen The Color Purple, so I'm going to have to watch Katie it. Rose Halper. I know. WTF. How? I know. I know. I Now I need to for Black Jewish relations, if, if for this, no other this reason. This is a hate crime. This is anti-Black. This is a, yes. I mean, is it? It's anti-Semitic too, though. <laughs> yes, it's both. Yeah, this yeah. is Spielberg's best work. All right, I will watch it's on it. Netflix. It's on Netflix. All right, forget about it. I will definitely watch it. Yeah, guys, please hit that like. Please hit that share. We're almost at a thousand views, so we want to get those ten viewers, and it'll be a boon for me and Brie for Blacks and Jews and Black Jewish relations all over the world. As soon as I said that, it went down by 10. So you're all a bunch of anti-Semites and, and racists. Okay, so let's keep watching this clip. thought we were having a discussion about race, which everyone, I think, is having. As the white guy in the conversation uh -huh. here, I am, I am neither uh, Jewish nor am I black, and mm -hmm. so I have a different perspective all of this. Yes. It seems to me that whiteness is a construct created by colonial powers um, during Steven. the beginning of colonial imperial, imperialist era mm -hmm. in order to exploit other people and that they could apply it to all different kinds of people, that idea of race. And the American experience tends to be based on skin. Yes, and so that is what race means to me. Mm -hmm. When you talk about uh, being a racist, I was saying you can't call this racism. This was evil. Mm -hmm. This wasn't this wasn't based on the skin. You couldn't tell who was Jewish. Mm -hmm. They had to delve deeply to figure it out. Well, I think one of the reasons why the people might say, and again, I mm -hmm. I I, uh, I am I'm not Jewish and I'm black, right. but as someone who understands, uh, you know, what I've read of how the op Nazis operated, when they found out that you were of the Jewish race, right. that's, that's why they'd make you wear a star yes. so they could see you So they could identify you. you. But yes. my point is they had to do the work. So that's somewhat true. I mean, you do have to do more work. There is more work to be done. That's true. But, it, but she underestimates a little bit how known it was that people were Jewish. Yeah. Whether it's last name, depending on when we're talking about historically, last name, where they lived, how they dressed. And then there's, of course, all those tropes about what Jews look like, which is a, an awkward thing to talk about because you don't want to really pay, uh, invest in that. But there certainly was the idea that there were certain traits. Yeah, it's really interesting because we just had this conversation a couple months ago on the podcast with uh, Thomas Chatterson Williams about like this idea of race craft and whether Black people kind of, you know, submitting to the one drop rule and having you know, mixed race people identifying as black out of a sense of cultural pride and a way to reclaim something from the one drop rule is just perpetuating the one drop rule. And, you know, he wrote his book about whether now that he's had a child with a white woman and he's half, half white, half black, and his child looks, you know, looks fully white, you know, that, that challenged his identification as black and made him question why we do that. And it's a really interesting and kind of provocative conversation. It just strikes me that in the course of that conversation, black people, like there's no real hesitation when we talk about like being able to identify somebody as black, even someone who's only half black, like Thomas Chatterton Williams, it's like, clearly you're black. Like this isn't like a question, like no one's, if he were to walk around saying I am white, people would laugh. And people in fact do, you know, his book is called like diary of an ex-black man or whatever it's you know called. And people, some people snark at the idea that he would ever be able to identify as anything other than black. So it's interesting to have this other version of a conversation where 
it's it's awkward to talk about what it means to quote unquote look Jewish when there's no hesitation about what it means to look black. It's quite the opposite. It's hilarity to suggest that someone who even has like liminal features, whatever that means, looks anything other than completely black. Right. I mean, it's a little tricky because it kind of like is like we can, what would people say? Some people would say about me, like people could debate whether or not I look Jewish, right? And uh, no one would debate whether you're black. No. And I said this to Thomas Chatterson Williams and, and his his rejoinder was, well, in certain parts of the world, they have different kind of interim categories yes, in South Africa true. or Brazil or whatever. Yeah. And different kinds of black, you know, people who are black in America will fall in one of those other categories. And they would quite, they would scoff. You know, I have, you know, um, friends who are mixed race, Haitians and other kinds of like people, you know, light, you know, lighter skinned blacks who kind of balk at the idea that in America, they don't attempt to make any distinction between themselves and, you know, the rest of us melanated, kinky haired folk. Right. Right. Because there's status involved in making those distinctions in those places. Of course. Right. Yeah. Um. If you see, if the Klan is coming down the street mm -hmm. and I'm standing with a Jewish friend and neither one, well, I'm going to run. Mm. <laughs> but, but if my friend decides not to run, they'll get passed by most times because... You can't tell who's Jewish. You don't know. It's not something that people say, oh, that person is Jewish or this person is Jewish. And so that's what I was trying to explain. And I understand that not everybody sees it that way and that uh, I did a lot of uh, harm, I guess, to myself. And people, you know, decided I was all these other things. I'm, I'm actually not. And I'm incredibly uh, torn up by being told these things about myself. And, you know, I get it. Folks are angry. I accept that, and I did it to myself. This was my, uh, my thought process, and I will work hard not to think that way again. Have you? Not really. I mean, I don't think she's working hard not to think that way again. She's working hard not to say that. Yeah, it's it's look, it's it's not a it's a non it's a non -apology. it's a non apology. We can call it a non apology. Yeah, I mean, I think on some level she still thinks this feels very much like Warren apologizing for the Native American stuff. Like it, it feels very much like she she is like race means being not white. Have being being of a race means being not white. Jews are white, Italians are white, whatever now, today. And I will not submit to the notion that there's anything, that there are anything else. Yes. I wish somebody maybe had pushed her a little bit into a conversation about whether she thinks that, you know, Jews and Italians and other people who were not previously considered to be white were white, at least in a historical context, even if she tr has trouble with it today. And also I wish Colbert I know he's made it very clear that he's neither black nor Jewish. He really drew very clear lines to stand there. But I wish he still were capable of kind of pushing her to interrogate whether or not her presumptions about folks being able to be identified as Jewish are as obvious as she thinks it is. I, I'm recalling also this moment, this moment we had on the podcast where we where I interviewed a former Nazi and he was talking about um the process of him being recruited as a kid in an alley. And he, I think was, uh, is Italian. And the Nazi recruiter came up to him and like asked him his last name. Cause he's like, you know, dark haired. Right. 
Right. I had to make sure. Yeah. Of the year, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, once he heard the Italian last name, then he's like, okay, recruitment is on. You're allowed. But, you know, the, the reason you're asking his last name is because you got to double check that he's not Jewish. Yes. You know? And he may or may not have felt the need to do that if he had presented a little differently, you know, a little bit more. Margoyasha. Margoyasha. Yeah. Waspier. Yeah. Right. Which is not to say that there's not plenty of Jewish people who look. And it's also not to say that white Jews don't have white privilege. This is what I think that people can't have in their head at the same time. Like being Jewish walking through the world is very different from being black and walking through this world. And at the same time for Hitler and for anti-Semites and anti-Semitism, which was alive and well before Hitler and manifested in many ways, including pogroms, which people would be, you know, Jews would be wiped out or have to flee to avoid being wiped out. It wasn't about whether or not you prayed. It was very much, there was a whole language about genetics, about phrenology, about features. You know, we were vermin-like. Uh, and I, I don't think that she, that disrupts the idea that anti-Black racism is unique. Like those two things can exist at the same time. And I really wish she would have been pushed to acknowledge that. This zero sum. Yes, that's what it is. Real problem for everybody. <laughs> yeah, it really is a real problem for everyone. Exactly. That's a good way of putting it. Zero sum. Yeah, the oppression Olympics. Yeah. Zero sum identity politics. Yeah. Okay, let's keep going. Do, have you come to understand that the Nazis saw it as race? Well, because they might, like well, asking the Nazis, they would say, yes, it's a racial issue. Well, see, this is what's interesting to me because the Nazis lied. It wasn't. They. Okay. Yes, but by that argument, sorry, what did you say? What is about to happen? All right, we could let's let's play it. Let's keep playing. They that. had issues with ethnicity, not with race, because most of the Nazis were white people, and most of the people they were attacking were white people. So to me, I'm thinking, how can you how can you say it's about race if you are fighting each other? See, what's problematic about this is that she's accepting as much as she loves to claim that race is a construct. She's actually very much reifying the concept of race. Yes. Because slaveholders yes. weren't lying, apparently. Right. When they talk about race. Yes. yes. What race has meant, what white has meant has changed over history. And she is not able she's just not able to process that and this is this is what was so interesting i know a lot of people did not let that thomas chatterson williams interview but this is what i find so provocative about his state his statement because there is a way what that what whoopi is doing right now is very very common insofar as it accepts as true because of the political weight of understanding race today it accepts as true the racial constructs that are born out of racial oppression that are invented by people who only came up with those contracts to oppress. But now we have reclaimed them in various ways. We rely on these, the sentence information in order to argue that various groups and constituencies need protection and all of this kind of stuff. And so in some ways it's the member of these racial groups that are now more committed to that race, that, that, that race craft than the people who invented these categories in, in, in order to persecute people in the first instance. And that's what Whoopi is doing here. I get understand where she's coming from because we all have grown up in this world where to deny the existence of race is to de- is specifically a kind of a white black or white Latino or white Asian or white, you know, other than white dynamic in America is, you know, is to deny racism and right. to deny the need for equality measures and interventions from the federal government, et cetera. 
But in this context, it really reveals the extent to which we do racecraft. We are committed perhaps beyond the limits of racial equity to concepts that are that we say are ephemeral. We acknowledge it's a social construct, but we are committed to for various reasons, some of which I empathize with. And I talked to I talked to Thomas Chatterson Williams about this. Like I am, I am have this attachment to my blackness and I'm willing to interrogate that with you, but like I want to be honest about that. And so and some of like empathize with, with me, but also it's like I need you to at least be able to digest the historical perspective shift that has occurred in the last 60, 80 years. Right. But when it comes to various groups being considered to be white. Yes. I mean, it's weird because it's not like the Holocaust didn't happen. I mean, I, I understand saying this like pre-Holocaust or something that you don't really think there's a race thing here, but there so clearly was an entire project based on Jews being vermin or being subhuman. Yeah, I think that she fully is, would be, it's crazy to me that still at this point, nobody has said the word religion. Yeah. But I bet you if they did, we would say, oh yeah, they're being persecuted specifically because they're Jewish and Jewishness is religion. But that race, ethnicity, religious slippage is causing all the trouble here, it seems. Which then I would then, of course, swoop in and be like, it's not just religion because Nazis didn't care how religious you were. Yeah. And that's what's also weird. That's like kind of like the Jewish counterpart to what you were saying, which is that for me, like part of my definition as being Jewish is someone at the receiving end of anti-Semitism. You know, like that shapes Jewish identity for me. Mm. I don't receive it now. I don't live in it, but my my family did, and that shaped their identity and what they dedicated themselves to, and it shaped where they lived, right? Not because they were political. I mean, some of them were political. I have relatives who became partisans and killed Nazis, and there's a monument to them apparently somewhere I have to go visit at some point. But then just people literally just living certain places or then when they left Europe. Or, your, I mean, it still shapes your life, Katie. I yeah. mean, there's probably a reason, the same reason you don't really want to move to, you know, the middle of Oklahoma is the reason I don't really want to move to the middle of Oklahoma. Yeah. And I, as a left Jew, I have to say, who spends most of my life disgusted by how Jews weaponize anti-Semitism to justify, not all Jews, obviously, but some, how I would say the loudest, most politically organized Jews weaponize anti-Semitism to justify the oppression of Palestinians. It's funny for me to be on this kind of other side, because I feel like I'm not usually being like, guys, anti-Semitism is real, but it is real. And, you know, we can acknowledge that without pretending that it trumps all other sorts of bigotry and without pretending, you know, but sometimes I feel like it's my black left friends who are like, no, Katie, Jews, they say Jews will not replace us and hate crimes against Jews have gone up uh, under Trump. I'm like, yes, I know, because sometimes I'm a little dismissive of it, only not dismissive of it, but I fall on the other side of emphasizing that Islamophobia and anti-immigrant sentiment is real. And we can't, we can't use like, you know, never again, as Gabor Mate said, can't be a tribal slogan. It's not about never again to Jews in Eastern Europe. It's never again to anyone. That was a great interview. Thank you. So we have some breaking news. I was going to wait, but we can bring it in now. I wonder if it's because of this stream, Brie. We may have actually changed history because it's true. Whoopi Goldberg suspended from The View <gasps> for Holocaust remarks. Now, this is going to change. This is a game changer because now. Hey, no, no. Now it's another black Jewish war because you and I are going to be battling for that seat. <laughs> oh, my God. You're right. We are going to be. You're right. It's got, This is so Whoopi hurt black Jewish relations even more than she could have imagined. Hold on. Let's see. Now, this is too much. That's Yeah. I mean, it's not for me to say. <laughs> As a Jew who controls the media and entertainment industry, let me say I'm just kidding. Yeah. Katie. 
terrible. I mean, I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean, I'm torn because it is so stupid to say the Holocaust was not about. No, I'm not torn. She shouldn't be. She shouldn't be suspended over this because, like, Meghan McCain said so much problematic shit that she should have been suspended over if this is the the standard. But let's read the article. Whoopi Goldberg has been suspended from The View for two weeks after facing wide criticism for her remarks that the Holocaust was not about race. Goldberg's suspension was announced in a statement released by ABC News Public Relations on Tuesday night. Effective immediately, I'm suspending Whoopi Goldberg for two weeks for her wrong and hurtful comments. Read the statement attributed to Kim Godwin president at ABC News. While Whoopi has apologized, I've asked her to take time to reflect and learn about the impact of her comments. The entire ABC News organization stands in solidarity with our Jewish colleagues, friends, family, and communities. Can someone uh, match up Whoopi and explain to her? I know. Means like I that's all this is. This is so frustrating. Like it's a teachable moment. Should, they should not have let her go on Colbert, still clearly not understanding. Yes. Right. Like that was yes. they probably said like this is your chance to get a mulligan, fix it or you're out. She didn't fix it. She did a not good job on Colbert. Right. She did a terrible job. She just doubled down on it and basically said, I won't say that again. Right. And that she's working toward I don't know what. And that's ridiculous. Like I don't understand why they can't get someone in. I don't understand why no one in no one in this whole universe is capable of explaining this to her. Yeah, I mean, she apologized on air. She said, so yesterday on our show, I misspoke. I said that the Holocaust wasn't about race and was instead about man's inhumanity to man, but it is indeed about race because Hitler and the Nazis considered the Jews to be an inferior race. Now words matter and mine are no exception. I regret my comments, as I said, and I stand corrected. I also stand with the Jewish people, as they know, and you all know because I've I've always done that. You know, you didn't really stand with us when it came to Mel Gibson, I'm just going to say, and thank you for reminding me of that. Uh, Brianna Joy Gray. And he's just a round, I mean, he's just a well-rounded racist, not just an anti-Semite. He's a racist. Although I will say we cannot forget her long-standing relationship (laughs) forged in the fires of the color purple. (laughs) With Steven Spielberg. Spielberg, who has himself adopted a black child which just really completes the circle of life maybe because maybe do you think it was whoopi inspired you think she suggested it no you know when that movie came out a lot of black people were very upset that it uh there wasn't a black director ah well okay interesting right because it is an alice walker book correct but then you want to get it out there it's a conundrum i mean i might be open to entertaining that criticism if they didn't literally get like the best director in the history. Right. Yes. Right. If it had been like some like son. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it needs to be redirected though by a black woman. Ava DuVernay presents the color purple. I was thinking Brianna Joy Gray. <laughs> yeah. I'll play, I'll play a uh, Oprah's character. Miss Sophia. Okay. Again, I, I have neither, not only have I not seen the movie, I haven't read the book. So I'm like in double, Katie. I can't believe this is look, this is a safe space. Katie, what are you doing, girl? I, I'm I'll get, I'll get on it. Look, I'm, I'm I'm gonna read the book and watch the movie. Which should I do first? This really is a hate crime. I'm about to be offended. Like <laughs> it's a double hate crime, though. It's it's both. Well, I guess the book is just a hate, it's just it's just race, it's just anti-black, that hate crime. But the movie is, I would say, I'm being anti-Semitic and racist. Yeah. It's okay. It's gonna be really sad. What? Schindler's List? I haven't seen it either. You haven't but seen it. But I have an app, but I, I the, you know, I get get out of 
jail <laughs> camp free card for that one. Katie. Because, you know, yeah. Oh, Lord. I know. We both have our homework in front of us. But guys, this is too much. And you know what? I don't like this as a Jew. I don't like this because I don't like the the like, oh, you say anything critical about Jews, you're going to get fired because they run the media. I don't like that. I don't like I mean, I don't like the the sense that like you can say stuff that's so problematic about other people and you don't get in trouble. But if you say something and I, I'm torn because I'm like I am struck by how incredibly stupid it was. Like when she says the Nazis lied, she really, I just wanted to, if I were Colbert, I would have been like, okay, but the slave masters were telling the truth, right? When they said black people were different. Like, like sometimes as an interviewer, you just, ha- all you have to say is, what does that mean? Yeah. What do you mean by that? Can you explain what you mean? And let people hang themselves or redeem themselves. Right. Just, they, sometimes people will just work, work it through on their own, you know? Yeah, I think she needed someone to talk to. So there's a little bit more of the video we can play. So it all really began because I said, how will children, how will we explain to children what happened in Nazi Germany? This wasn't, I said, this wasn't racial. This was about white on white. And everybody said, no, 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 it was racial. And so that's what this all came from. So once again, Don't write me anymore. I know how you feel. Okay, I already know. I get it. And uh, I'm going to take your word for it and never bring it up again. See, that's like a real dick move of an apology. I'm going to take your word for it and never bring it up again. That's just passive aggression. It's so passive aggressive because she doesn't agree. And she also she's saying, all right, I learned my lesson. I won't say this again, which isn't, you know, what you want to hear if you want someone to learn from their mistakes. You know, when I was younger, like in my early twenties, back before wokeness or Obama or Bernie or any of this, my dream job was to be the person that explains stuff like this. Like when there's like a viral commercial, that's like racist and like everyone gets mad at like Gucci for putting like, big red lips on a black face on a sweater or you know they the Cadbury doesn't add it with Naomi Campbell talking about chocolate skin chocolate chocolate like whenever some viral stupid thing happens my dream was to be the person that fixes it and explains things because I always understood that I had some kind of talent for like making people understand why they were wrong about stuff like it's like scandal you'd stuff. be like an, an, a scandal 2.0 type of person sure less murder but yeah right Right. But I mean, just like the fixing it and also like you live in D.C. and, you know, well, I didn't then. But yes, yes. And I in moments like this, I don't know. Sometimes it does. Like, I don't know. It's not for me to say, but I was going to say it doesn't feel like malice. But there is a, there is that edginess where she obviously feels defensive about her own particularized claim to racial hatred. So there is a little bit of I don't know if malice is the right word, but a little bit of antagonism there. But like 90% of it seems to be just this kind of ignorance about history (laughs) and the kind of like, it's not like, you know, with Whoopi's understanding of what it meant to be Jewish, you could just like convert and be like, sorry, Nazis, I got you. Yeah, I gave that thing up. I gave that up. Right. Exactly. And I think if you put it to Whoopi that way, like, do you think non-practicing Jews or Jews that were willing to convert were safe from Nazis? 
I mean, then the clocks would turn and I, either she would say, I guess I never thought about it. She might say yes. In which case you would say, well, no. <laughs> and you would explain I'm going to push right. back on that. Yeah. Right. Or she says, well, I guess you're right. No, they wouldn't have been safe. Okay. I see what you mean. There's something here that isn't just a chosen religious identity. There's something that is seen to be kind of attaching to a person that is somatic or, you know, it's non-negotiable. And is that what you mean by race? Something like intrinsic to the person, whether like real or circumscribed, whatever it's perceived to be intrinsic to a group of people as a kind of ethnic identity. Oh yeah. I see now what you mean by race. And then we could all move on. Bree, I hope Whoopi Goldberg can find you (laughs) because the way you just explained that, I think she could really, I mean, I didn't think of that, putting it that way. Do you think that they, the Nazis would stop with someone if they just said, I won't practice that religion? If not, then what does that mean? That's great. This is just, this is the, we're going to clip this, make this go viral because the world needs to see it because that's such a great explanation of it. Well, look, I'm happy to help as a longtime Whoopi fan from the Color Purple and- one person she'll listen to. From the best- TV franchise in the history of all time, Star Trek, Next Generation, our beloved bartender, Gaiman. I have many reasons to not want her to tarnish her illustrious career. Jumping Jack Flash, Sister Act, Sister Act 2. Ghost. Ghost. I love her in Ghost. That movie made me cry. I'm not going to lie. Big time. I mean, she's a cultural icon. Oh, she's, yes, definitely. She's, she's she is a, 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 in terms of the way she presents a kind of like a gender fluid icon of not having to subscribe to norms, a female identity. Like she is just there. She offers us so much culturally, you know? Yes. Just so much early natural hair hair adopter, black girl magic, just truly Oscar winning. I mean, not Oscar winning. The Color Purple was nominated for 11 Academy Awards and they all went to Out of Africa, which is a trash. Wow. Trash film. Out of Africa. What a metaphor. Truly, truly. Now that's, that's a microaggression. That's a macroaggression. <laughs> yeah. She was robbed. And so I want to extend to her some grace sincerely. Like, I know I'm making jokes, but I sincerely, like, I'm always rooting for her. <laughs> oh, you don't, I, I, I can't believe I didn't tell this story. I made, I wrote a post at the Huffington Post that defended her because they left her out of a montage. Hmm. What kind of montage? An Oscars montage. And I wrote it on the Huffington Post. And it was Academy Award to Whoopi Goldberg. Whoops. Top 10 most exciting. Wait. Oh, I forgot. Academy Award. Academy to Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopsie. Top 10 most exciting Whoopi Oscar moments. To assist the understaffed and underserved Academy, I started compiling the Academy Awards most exciting Whoopi moments. Here are a few I was able to find by doing an exhaustive 10 minute search on the internets. And I put this together and I did a Huffington Post because they left her out of this montage. And she sent me a bag of like a box of chocolates with a note that said, deeply thankful. Look See, Whoopi, I want what's best for you because you sent me chocolates once with a no. And I had your, ba- I had, I've, I, you know, I'm glad 
Yeah, I had my whoopee and Mitch. <laughs> I mean, I think she's mentioned she's mentioned Jason. I think she's she could be a mensch. I think she's a couple talks away from becoming a mensch. We need to get her there. We need to just we need to get her to the Menchy Promise Land. <laughs> we can do it. The two of us can do it. We can save. We it's gonna be such a great step for black people, for Jewish people, for people who are both, for people who are neither, but especially for black Jewish relations. It'll be the, un. it's like we are the anti-Crown Heights. We are <laughs> the Crown's Heightsing the world. Yeah. We we are the, um. what's his name from Blink? What's his name? 10,000 out. Malcolm Gladwell. We're the Malcolm Gladwell of podcasts right now. Yes. <laughs> Wait, why? Isn't he, isn't he half black and half Jewish? Oh, I think, yes. Like Barbadian or something. Barbadosian or something. Or Bahamanian, Bahamian or something. Okay. Yeah. Right. You're right. We are, or we are like the Rashida Jones. Rashida Jones. Is she half? Is she half Jewish? Is her mom Jewish? I think so. Or am I wrong? I think she is. I think she's bluish. Okay. Or Rudolph or Randolph Maya. Oh, I never remember which one <laughs> it is. Maya Randolph. Maya, Maya Randolph. Maya Randolph. Maya Randolph. Maya. Okay. Definitely. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. Definitely bluish. Yeah. Lenny Kravitz. Lenny Kravitz. That's a great one. Talented, handsome. See? Yeah. 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 Well, uh, Brad, I, I mean, I do understand. I think that it probably is hard because uh, Barbadian, thank you. I think it, it can be hard to, I, I think it must be hard to not be Jewish and sometimes he have certain, I don't know how to say this without sounding problematic. <laughs> Anti-black racism is a, is a unique thing. I'll say that. And I think there are probably people who like in, in the interview that you can get on Patreon with Daniel, with Daniel Bessner about this. Uh, we mentioned how annoying it is when people are like, we were slaves too. When Jews say that, that's just not yeah. okay. I, this is maybe going to get me in trouble with some folks. It, it is of course true that anti-black racism is a unique thing. Isn't every distinct kind of bigotry a, a yeah. unique thing? Isn't LGBT discrimination a unique thing? Isn't the L and the T right. and the B, all unique things. Like, aren't they, don't, doesn't every kind of bigotry manifest in ways that are particular to that group and which need to be addressed in specific ways and that have different levels of magnitude and historical valences and yeah. all of the things? Isn't that why we have different words for things? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true, yeah. You know? I guess it's just you go through more racism as a Black person than you do anti-Semitism as a Jew today in America. But like, why even like, why, are why we even make that, that point? I know. Yeah. Like, why are we even doing that? You're right. United, we stand divided, we fall. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I just don't understand the utility. I don't know. I don't know. No, you're right. I think you're right. There's something that I don't like about certain. You know what? Here, th let's play this clip. I mean, this is a clip that Brad has been wanting to play for a while. And I think this speaks to what I sometimes get frustrated with among certain Jews. And when I say among certain Jews, I just mean APAC and, and the Anti-Defamation League. And I don't like them calling the shots. We need we need a, a non we need a non ADL that 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 Whoopi should be coming to. Whoopi should be like, uh oh, I got a call, whatever. You know. What's the one that was associated with the Bernie campaign? Um, J Street? J, J Street, yeah. J Street. Uh, 
I'm going to get canceled if I say anything nice about them because they're liberal Zionists. But they're definitely they're anti B. They they are, for instance, they're anti BDS, but they are against illegalizing BDS. That's a good yeah. principled stance. So here's this clip. Oops. Yours is a voice of criticism we don't often hear in the United States. Um, often Not, when there is dissent expressed in the United States against policies of the Israeli government, um, uh, people here are called anti-Semitic. Uh, what is your response to that as an Israeli Jew? Well, it's a trick we always use it. When from Europe somebody is criticizing Israel, then we bring up the Holocaust. When in this country people are criticizing Israel, then they are anti-Semitic. And the organization is strong and has a lot of money. And the the ties between uh, Israel and the American Jewish establishment are very strong, and they are strong in this country. As you know, uh, they have power, which it's okay. They are talented people, and they have power, money, and uh, media, and other things. And their attitude is Israel, my country, right or wrong, the identification. And they are not ready to hear criticism. And it's very easy to blame people who criticize certain acts of the Israeli government as anti-Semitics and to bring up the Holocaust and the suffering of the Jewish people. And that's, that justify everything we do to the Palestinians. But you know what, Brad? I'm going to push back on this because I don't actually think this is an example of that. Because this is an example is not an example of someone. I mean, this is creates maybe a context in which I'm sensitive about the word about uh, anti-Semitism being weaponized. But this wasn't about like, you know, Whoopi wasn't saying anything about the occupation. This didn't have anything to do with Israel-Palestine. I think that's true. The irony is this whole conversation is Whoopi arguing for why it's bad to ban mouse. Yes. Right. So the, the the whole the posture of right. this is very odd. She is defending a book that has enormous educational value about the reality of the horrors of the Holocaust being taught in schools, but doing so in a way that reveals the extent to me maybe she hasn't read it. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's true. Because if you read it, you get a lot about the dehumanization that happens. Um, so maybe, yeah, we should have a reading group for Whoopi. Yeah. I would love that. I would love that for all of us. I really feel like this could be the be beginning of a I know. Seriously. And br to be fair, Brad goes, right, I meant the context that would make you less inclined to emphasize anti-Semitism when it's called for because the label is so misused. That's true. Yes, that is what it is. But yeah. No, I, I think so, too. I think we could make a great, I don't know, we should have a firm, a firm of understanding or something. <laughs> Yeah, well, my my dream, my goal was like, you know how there's like a good house, housekeeping seal of approval on stuff? Like this is a quality product. It has yes. a housekeeping seal of approval. My goal was to have like a like a, a company, like a consulting company that would vet advertising and cultural products, movies, commercials, TV shows. I would like scan it for any potential microaggressions. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and be and able to get, right. okay, this one's this one's checked out. Right. Like, I'm going to save you from all of the drama that will, you know, accrue a few. Yeah, all the problematic tropes and all stuff, the, yeah. I, I'm, I'm de-problematifying 
culture yeah. content. Yeah. That, that this was a the, the lofty goal of my politics cir- circa two thousand and six. Well, it's more needed more than ever. <laughs> Let's see. Christian Quinto says, "Buenas noches. Thanks for another informative show. Never quit doing the show. Hasta la victoria siempre. Thank you so much for that." Um. Yeah, we've gotten some great comments. I've highlighted most of them throughout the night. Thank you so much for your super chats. Very generous. Um, not, I don't really get this one. Do you read them all out loud or do you just highlight them? What'd you say? From the color purple. It is one of the most famous lines from a very famous movie. You told, okay, you want to read it? Can you read it? It's, 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 it's Oprah Winfrey saying this to Whoopi Goldberg. You told Harpo to beat me. You told Harpo to beat me. I, all my life, I had to fight. I had to fight my brothers. I had to fight my father. A girl child ain't safe in a house of men. But I never thought I had to fight in my own home. Wow. (laughs) And here I was thinking this was a Marx Brothers reference. (laughs) No, it's a classic. But we now, well, thank God. Imagine if I had pretended that I had seen it and read it and then been like, I don't understand what this means. But thank you for that. Um, Whoever, whoever put it there. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we got to gather up the the most offensive, problematic things that, you know, I don't like when I, uh, Megan McCain should never feel any comfort tall, ca- calling someone anti-Semite. Her father's minister that he, uh, whose endorsement he sought was Pastor Hagee, who says that, you know, Hitler, uh, you know, who wanted the Jews to go back to, to Israel for the rapture to happen, who thinks that the Holocaust was part of God's plan. Um, you know, her husband is a is a an alt-right guy uh, who runs the Federalist, which published this like totally anti-Semitic thing by some uh, Jewish uh, alt-right guy who's like me- identifies with Trump. And he talks about how terrible Jewish women are. So, you know, McCain, Megan McCain, she doesn't really and she she, you know, attacks Ilan Omar. She, like all the conservatives, considers herself to be an honorary Jew now. Yeah, she actually, she's like, my father, I'm not, I'm not Jewish, but Hadassah and Joe Lieberman are like family to me. (laughs) She actually said that. It was, it was kind of amazing. She said that on on the view. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But uh, thank you, Brent and Honey. Katie and Brie are my favorite. Thank you. Um. Well, yeah, I think that wh- what do we so we're against the she shouldn't have been suspended. Well, here's the thing. I'm I'm it's only a 2 week suspension. So that okay. made me, like I think if we're I I do think that she had this chance to redeem herself and it is kind of bad that she wasn't able to get it together for right. the She didn't talk to the right she didn't have the right black Jewish uh <laughs> interlocutors. She didn't have the right black Jewish team. <sighs> It she didn't have Gray and Helper. Gray, Gray and Helper, honestly, that sounds good for a sign. It already sounds like right? we have a law firm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Gray and Helper, that's really great. I, I Like, Katie, I'm ready to go. I really feel like this is a really powerful, I've always felt like this is a very powerful dynamic that we've had. Yes, I agree. We have to harness it for good. Harness it for good. Market it. <laughs> I know. Ra- wrap it up in some right. Turn, so, get some shekels from it. <laughs> Drop some shekels out of it. Harpo is Oprah backwards. Yeah, same for a production company, and also this character in the book. Right. 
It's wow. It's it's Whoopi Gold. It's Oprah's husband in the book, right? Got it. Was Bill Maher behind Kate Oprah's suspension? Really? That doesn't feel right. I mean, I don't know. I don't believe in cancellation and stuff. Yeah. Oh, I should take a survey, fired or not. That would be actually good. Or suspended or not. Um, yeah, she was suspended for two weeks. I mean, this also, this is just like a Jason Johnson style suspension that doesn't mean anything. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yes, people are saying, wait, we, we was suspended? Yeah, breaking news. It happened during this, news broke during the show. Um, let's see. Chris Deason says, how do I get to this one? Oh, hold on. Let's see. Y'all should, where did it go? Y'all really, y'all should really reach out to Whoopi's people and say you want help. It could be the beginning of something good. We're here. You guys should at her and say, look. Yes. And we want to help. We're reaching out. Um, we have very competitive rates. <laughs> very competitive rates. Um, very competitive. <laughs> the first one, you could just fly us out there. And we'll, for, it's yeah. $3.99. It's, yeah. Just for the cost of a plane ticket. <laughs> you got to watch the key, the color purple soon. I will. If we could watch it on, on Netflix together, I would, but we obviously can't do that. Maybe we can do a watch party with it just in the background. It might also be on Amazon or whatever it is that you Oh, can if it is, then we could definitely it. do a watch party. Yeah, that would be great. I've been trying to get my Twitch game together. I really feel Me on some level that I was born for Twitch. Mm. And I need to get over there. Yeah, do it. I'm there. I have to get back. I was going to do a... Let's do... Can we do the Mayor Pete? Can we? Can you watch Mayor Pete with me? Oh, the, I watched the doc? it. Again, so I really have to watch it again. Oh, you did watch it again? You already watch watched it? Damn, I thought... Let's see. We'll, we'll figure out something to do. I, I have to watch it anyway because I promised people I'd watch it, so... You'll enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, um, maybe. Anyway. Well, yeah, I think we learned a lot. Um, I think we really, really learned a lot. And uh, I'm very excited for this new new uh, relationship. As am I. As am I. I'm sorry, I got distracted because somebody said the color purple is a downer. And I would like to really correct the record on that um, misinformation. Um, I don't like sad movies, hence why I have not watched Schindler's List. However, Color Purple, despite being a movie that's so well-written and has characters that are so finely drawn, that you will be sobbing hysterically 20 minutes in. 20 minutes. In 20 minutes, it's like up, you know? They managed to do in such a short period of time what a movie like 12 Years a Slave doesn't manage to do in three hours. Like, the movie 12 Years a Slave, I like cringe because I don't like to see human beings being beaten and bludgeoned and abused. But like the emotional connection, no. The color right. manages to do in an abbreviated time frame, draws a relationship between these sisters and rests our hearts from our bosom in 20 minutes. However, it is not ultimately a sad movie because things work out. And they only bring you down in the color purple. They bring you down so low. Oh, as 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 Oprah says, as Miss Sophia says, oh, I was feeling mighty low. But when you walked in that day, I knew there was a God. You know what I'm saying? And then this movie, it brings you up to such heights, such redemptive heights. Quincy Jones soundtrack. That it is worth every feeling of sorrow that you experienced in the preceding hour and a half. Wow. 
I mean, if that's not like your biggest whoopee ally, I don't, I don't know who is. She was robbed. Honestly. She did an amazing job in that film. I saw The Color Purple on Broadway and all due respect to everyone involved. No one can match the performance. Yeah. Like she acted her ass off in that role. It's such a subtle performance and it's tricky. You know, these roles where it's written for someone who maybe there's some question as to like kind of their mental competency, these kind of Forrest Gump style characters, they can be played in a way that's kind of offensive and problematic. But Whoopi really toes the line, you know, and reads between the lines of the book and gives just the perfect performance. Hmm. Ah, just so rich with humanity. It's just like a Bible for little dark skinned black girls. Like the way that my heart, my heart bleeds for this character. I, I effing love this movie and the book. Mm-hmm. And the book. It's worth, it's worth, they're, they're, they're good in different ways. Yeah. All right. I will consume both of them. Um, by the way, sorry, glove arm was kidding. Uh, but she was telling Bill Maher to shut up three days ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if I watched the color purple, let me tell you, I've had to make multiple boyfriends watch it. So good. Had, that's a good. That's a good way to weed them out. Anyone, any of them, not like it or? Oh well, the one guy, my ex fiance, like we were sitting next to each other, and he was watching it, and I could feel his like body start to like heave next to me, and I thought that he was laughing at this really traumatic scene, and I whipped my head around to scold him, and he was sobbing, like wow. sobbing, and I was like, oh, thank God you didn't scold him. <laughs> I was like, oh, this breaks my heart. Like, yes, yes, cry. Cry. It is sad. Cry tears from Miss Seeley. <laughs> but from no, the I, river to the sea. Because there's so many, also so many like rap songs that reference lines in the color purple. And all of these guys are like, you're not good at hip hop, blah, 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 trying to clown on me. And I'm like, you don't even understand the lyrics that you're singing, boo. Like, you don't even know. Like, get with the program. Don't try to like act like you're blacker than me. You don't do a goddamn thing. Do you know what I'm saying? So that mm. is, that's my journey. That's my journey. <laughs> yeah. That's a great part of your journey. That's a great journey. Yeah. Anyway, wow. I should leave before I get myself into trouble. All right. No, this has been great. Uh, I just want to read this comment from Default Name. Speaking of out of Africa, Streep, Redford, and their ilk ultimately killed Hollywood. The irony isn't lost. I don't I don't know what that means, but yeah, Bree, this is great. Look, I love I this is this is this is a controversial position on the left. And let me tell you, I'm the first one to say I was so offended and frustrated with how she treated Bernie during the campaign. If it were up to me, he would never have gone on The View after that first instance. The second she said, she interviewed Andrew Yang and then Bernie came on and and she was like, hey, Bernie, have you ever heard about this idea of the 99% versus the 1%? This guy, Andrew Yang, told me all about it. Yeah, the worst. I would have never sent him back. However, despite it all, I am a Whoopi Goldberg fan. Like, I'm a fan. Yeah, Whoopi, you gotta listen to her. You gotta listen to Brie. Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah. Well, uh, we should also announce that Brie and I and Marianne Williamson and Crystal Ball and Juliana Forlano are doing, we are coming together. We are doing a stream on the 16th. The 16th. Don't forget, guys, write this down in your books. February 16th, 7 to 10 p.m. We're doing a, a progressive can, uh, prog- progressive. Primary congressional candidates stream. 
I had, did have it written down. Um, oh, okay. She did have it written down. Yeah. So make sure you're there. And Bree, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, everyone loves us together. We got to start doing more stuff together. It's it's in the cards. It's in the cards. It's you the shirt. as my people say. Very what relationship? A special relationship. We do, yeah. <laughs> and I, I want to see you back on Colin. Oh, can I can I hype my stuff? Oh, of course, yeah. I have a podcast. It's called Bad Faith. We've got some good stuff coming up. Thursday's episode is all about this canceling Joe Rogan stuff. We have Taylor Lorenz, Evan Greer, and um, Freddie DeBoer on to debate whether or not. Nice. Oh, that'll be good. That's Thursday. And then we have a very exciting candidate interview coming up on Monday's premium episode. But even if you are not in a position to subscribe to a podcast right now, consider after the stream is done and not before going to Bad Faith YouTube and giving us a follow and a like and all of those things. I also host a call-in show on the call-in app called The Debrief. Debrief. I'm I didn't get that until just now. Yeah. A day ago. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that airs the same day that we release bad faith episodes. So on Mondays and Thursdays, usually about eight o'clock. So if you have thoughts and feelings about the episode or just want to shoot the shit about whatever has been going on in the world, call in. I'll probably get to you in the queue. We have long marathon sessions. The one that Katie was on the last time about our infamous dating episode with our all male panel went for five hours. It's like, <laughs> so, it's like old school Katie Halper show style. Right. I learned from the best. <laughs> so yeah. Call it. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I know that people are chagrined that people who have Androids can't call in to call in, but everybody can listen to the episode once it posts, even if you can't call in in the browser app. Yes. So know that. Okay. I'm done. Thank yes. you, Katie. Thank you, Brie. Um, awesome. I'm going to, uh, I'll let you go. I'm just going to do a little sign off. Okay. Um, you're the best. Thank you All so right. much, Brie. Isn't that amazing? Isn't Brie amazing? Everyone, I want to thank Brie. Um, now, uh, and thank you, Gina, for your generous super chat. Um, thank you, Default Name, um, also for your comment and generous sh- uh, super chat. That's funny. Helpful intelligentsia. That's a great idea. Let me just take a screenshot out of that. So, guys, if you're if you are watching this live, right? If you're watching this live, you are so lucky because you get this entire stream. You got to see this entire stream. If you're watching this later. And you want to see the rest of this stream where Brie talks a lot about uh, the color purple. What else do they get? Um, see, really, Brie kind of uh, unplugged. Uh, then make sure you become Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. So you guys, you know what I'm talking about. You guys who have been here live, you know how fun it gets. It gets a little off the hook, a little informal. Let me show you. I'm going to show you a teeny bit of, I'm going to give you a little preview of the discussion that I had with Daniel Bessner. That's Patreon only. That's about Whoopi, but it's very, very different flavor from the one that we just had with Brianna Joy Gray. Now you made some news this morning. Yes. Right. She goes the very night. That's crazy. About yes. the Holocaust. Yeah. And what, what, would you care to uh, follow up? Okay, Katie, can I have a question? Is this mm-hmm. the same network? Um, no, I believe that this is CBS and the view is ABC. Okay, so, but so, uh, there were some backroom front office calls made right. to make yes, this happen tr- immediately. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, immediately, yeah. yes. It's good to have friends in high places in like high the Colbert places. Report. Yeah. Yeah. Morning, I don't know because it confused I, some people. It, it upset a lot of people. I wonder who they which was never, ever, ever, ever my <laughs> Matt Damon. <laughs> they yeah. were having a discussion uh, because I've, I feel... Being black, when we talk about race, it's a very different thing to me. 
-hmm. So I said that I, I felt that the Holocaust wasn't about race. And people got very, very, very angry and still are angry. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting, you know, all of the, the mail from folks and mm -hmm. the very real anger because people feel very differently. But I thought it was a, a salient discussion because as a black person, I think of race as being something that I can see. So I see you and I know what race you are. And the discussion was about how I felt about that. I felt. See, what's interesting about this is what I think she unintentionally does is she really buys into, because we all know and say that race is a social construct. But she actually, I think unwittingly, really buys into the idea that there are these biological differences underpinning race. Oh, in what way What way do you think she expressed that? Well, because that? she's saying, like, black people look this way, white people look this way. So I think what she's... Okay, so I read that as doing, like, f how one phenotypically looks, which I think is the term yes, for, like, skin sure. color. Yes. Yeah, so skin she's saying yeah. that she moves through the world differently because she right. looks phenotypically different than a white person. And so yeah, what she's she doing there yeah. is she's essentially saying that Jews... Do not, as because right. they are phenotypically white, which again, I, with all the caveats, that's not actually true. Right. But that is in the imagination. Right. Most people think that they move through the world differently than me. And that is what race is. Right. So, and yes, so that's what I true. think she's saying. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, there's an absolute truth. Down this, right. Yeah. You and I walking down the street are not targets, like, are not targets. Now, what's interesting and complicated is that, and it's hard to talk about this without kind of buying into some anti Semitism, but you know, well, well let, let me let this conversation get into it in itself. That, that it was really more about man's inhumanity to man and how horrible people can be to people. And we're seeing it manifest itself these days. But people were very angry and they said, no, no, we are a race. And I, I, I understand, I understand. I, I felt differently. I respect everything everyone is saying to me and I, I you know, I don't want to fake apologize. You know, I, I was, I'm very upset about, that people are misunderstood what I was saying. And so because yeah, of it. She's right uh, to, a, to a pretty significant degree. People are being totally All right. Ungenerous. So anyway, that's just, a, that's just a little bit. But we get into a lot more history, Jewish history, history of the Jews, different kinds of anti-Semitism. Like, did you know that there was a uh, Jewish man who was lynched? Leo Frank, 1915. Anyway, lots of stuff that we talk about. I talk about my mom, anti-Semitism that my mom's generation faced. All right. Well, this has been great. And again, uh, yes, 1915, Leo Frank. Thank you. This has been great. And if you're here and you watch the whole thing, that's great. And if you want to hear the rest of it and you hear Brie talk about the color purple and hip hop, then become Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash the Katie Halper Show. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Katie Halper Show. Right, Brad? Is there anything else I'm missing that will be in the Patreon only segment? No? I feel like you you know the great nugget, nuggets that maybe. Whoopi's not Jewish. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg is the stage name. Yeah, I tend to agree with this. The Germans literally said Jews were an inferior race. This is not a discussion. The Germans were very clear about it. It was about race. There's no other interpretation. Right. I mean, yes. I mean, we're going to have to do a book club around Mein Kampf. Luckily, the author is not available to come to, to said book club. But we may have to do that. And also, I mean, yeah, that was the weird. that's the weird thing when she says 
you know, the Nazis were lying because they were white people again. So we're sl- that's fine because race is a construct, but I don't think Whoopi Goldberg would say that slave owners are lying. And that is how she's upholding race, not just racism. Well, obviously not. Up- anyway, whatever. Anyway, I think you guys get what I mean. And then make sure that you become YouTube um, uh, members of the Katie Helper Show because you get m- emojis and badges and all this great stuff. Katie, you're going old school Katie Helper Show tonight. And I have to wake up early, so I really can't do that. But this was great, guys. Thank you so much. It was about creating a master race. And we do talk about, yeah, of course there are black people or there are people of African descent who are of Jewish faith. We talk about all of that in the Daniel Bessner one. In fact, uh, yeah, which you can watch now on Patreon. Um, All right, guys, we love you. Uh, We will see you on Sunday night and um, have a great week. And thank you to Daniel who became a, a patron during this. Oh, and thank you to Gabriel for becoming a Patreon. Uh, we love you and we will see you soon. Bye everyone. Thanks again for listening to the Katie helper show. If you like the show, please join the Patreon at patreon.com slash the Katie helper show. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Katie helper show. Please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. And as always, we remind you that this show could not happen without the support of our listeners. Our show is produced by me, Katie Alper, Nick Palm, Brad Bloom is our audio engineer and an associate producer on the show. Our researcher is Joshua Bregman, and our theme song is by the band Cordova. See you next time.